Good morning. Good morning. We are up to part three, and this is really going to conclude this part of the, of the series. Um, delving in really to the hashkafic and, and some concluding halachic issues. The subject has been guaranteed wealth and the issues surrounding testing Hashem uh, with Meiser and Tzedakah. Last time we mentioned the Machlokis, the Marshal and the Marsha, regarding this particular Haftacha, this promise of wealth. Is it only with Meiser, or is it including Tzedakah as well? And we saw the Ramah quotes both opinions. Now we did note that the Poshid reading of the Ramah, like the classic principle of Stam and Yesh Omrim, the Ramah seems to be inclined to assume that this promise of wealth applies not only to giving Meiser, but to giving Tzedakah as well. We also noted that the Mechaber, the Shulchan Aruch, did not mention anything about the promise of becoming wealthy. And that led us to believe that potentially the, the Shulchan Aruch held that this promise of the Shirus does not apply to Tzedakah. And maybe it's, maybe it's limited to Meiser. One could even argue that maybe in the world of the Shulchan Aruch, he would say, even with Meiser, if it's Meiser given from one's money, and not the classic case of giving Meiser from one's field, maybe that Havtacha does not apply. Right? So that we didn't have clarity on. We'll see in a moment some more on that. But the conclusion of the Ramah is that the promise of wealth applies to Meiser and and. Pashib Shad Ibn Sadaka. Now somebody asked a good question. What does that mean that the promise of wealth applies even to tzedakah? Tzedakah that's not miser. What does that mean? Right? If you're giving five dollars for tzedakah, now I have a haftacha of a shirus. Now that's hard to believe, right? So why isn't all tzedakah miser? Well, Meiser means you're giving 10% of your revach. So if I'm giving 10%, why is it If you're giving 10%, so that's definitely uh, the fulfillment of the mitzvah of, of tzedakah. And you're giving 10%, so you're doing Meiser as well. But the question's like this. The way we explain tzedakah that's not Meiser is I'm giving money to charity. I'm just not giving 10%. Let's assume I can or I cannot. Whatever the case may be, I'm just not there. So I'm giving tzedakah. So it's clear that just giving a dollar to tzedakah is probably not a haftacha for a shirus. There is some level of, of, there's a threshold. What that threshold is, is not clear. So maybe, maybe it means if I'm really being mekayim, the mitzvah of tzedakah beshlemusa. What does that mean? To actually do the mitzvah of tzedakah in the ultimate way? Is to give dai machsoro, to give someone who's in need, everything they need. How often do we do that? Not that often, right? It's impossible. There are many people in need, many families in need. We try to help as much as we can, but uh, maybe, maybe that's the case of tzedakah where there's this promise of wealth. Not so clear. What is clear, though, is that the Ramah Paskins, that when you give Meiser, we have a Haftacha, and Meiser is very clear-cut. I'm giving 10% of my revach. If I do that, there is a haftacha for a shirus. 
Oh, when you miss the first two shiurim, you can't ask that kasha. Ayin Shom in the Sefer Echinuch. All right. So let's, let's start here. This is from a contemporary posig in Eretz Yisrael, Rabbi Eliezer Melamed. He's the author of Penine Halacha. And uh, he deals about he, these different issues and he quotes from the Abbas Chesed that we saw together last week, that the shita, the opinion of the Chafetz Chaim was that even though Meiser Ksafim is a minig, it's not literally a, a derais obligation or even a derabanan obligation, nonetheless, the way that he learns the Gemara and Tainus is that it's not about fulfilling the mitzvah, it's about the result. So when you're giving 10% of your revach and you're helping out those people or those organizations in need, then there's a promise of a shirus. That was the psak of the Chafetz Chaim. Here's the caveat, and this is important. Take a look here. This is the third paragraph in his tshuva. The shaila that was posed to uh, Rav Eliezer Melamed was, Ha'im nochon shemuftach is it actually true that when someone gives 10% of his earnings that he's guaranteed wealth? So he quotes the Marmakomas that we've seen. Then he says, Omnam Nira, al When the poskim speak about becoming wealthy, that doesn't mean, listen, right now, the, uh, the lottery is $1.6 billion. $1.9? Kanai Nahara. Maybe the shul should buy a ticket. <laughs> right? Uh, imagine if we had that kind of money to play with. Everyone says, but after taxes. It's okay. <laughs> we would still be all right. So it doesn't mean, listen, I'm giving my sir. I might as well buy myself a lottery ticket, and clearly I'm going to win, because I have a haftach of a shirus. The way the promise of wealth comes into play is through a nace nister, in a way that's not clearly a miracle. Hainu. Shesh. Perhaps. Let's see how he explains nace nister. Shehainu Shashem Yishlach Bracha Bemase Yadav. That Hashem sends Bracha in one's, in one's Parnasa, in what he's doing to make a living. But for someone to say, I'm giving 10% of my miser, I'm giving 10% of my earnings, and I'm not really going to think about what to do for a parnasa, I'm not going to be creative, I'm not going to strategize, I'm not going to seek counsel, uh, whatever, I'll just uh, invest here and there and then hope for the best. You will not become wealthy if you're not doing the hishtadlus within your parnasa. Meaning to say, let's just take an example. I am, I'm a Rebbe at a day school and I'm making $50,000 a year. I don't have any side investments I don't have any uh, real estate, other ways of, of getting income. But Lemaisa, I have Yerush Shemayim, and I'm giving Maiser. Will I for sure see a Shirus through that Maiser? Will I be Zoha to wealth through that Maiser? 
Yeah, so likely that does play a role. Let's say I'm an average guy. I'm an average guy. So one could argue, if there's a promise of wealth, then that's true across the board. Why should I lose because I'm a Rebbe? Right? That doesn't make any sense. I should lose out in the promise of wealth just because I've, de- I've devoted my life to being Malam Tinokos. On the other hand, you could argue that because the promise of wealth is through a Nes Nister, if you have no way of, of creating that Kli, so to speak, for Hashem to pour in the Ashirus, I have nothing else going on besides my, my nine-to-five job, and I'm getting this, this very clear-cut salary, then for me now to become an usher muflog, very wealthy, that might be considered a nice galui. Is that so, what he means by Noheg, the Rathlanus, the closer to Luna, that kind of thing? So what he's talking about more of an extreme case, where a guy just doesn't care, I'm, you know, I'm going to invest in the stock market, I'm not going to look into anything, I'm not going to watch any YouTube videos about how and, and where to invest, I'll just throw some money in there and I know I'll get wealthy. That's a lack of hishtablis. What I'm asking though is more of a normal case. I'm a responsible guy, I pay all my bills, I make sure that, 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 that I take a job that at least allows me to, uh, to live, not berevach, we can't go on vacations that often. We can't do, you know, things that other people do. I'm a Rebbe. But could you still argue that maybe that's not the proper hishtadlus to be able to receive the ashirus? Shem can't make it that there's a wealthy student in the class that gives you $10,000 bonus. I'm saying, like, there's... Hashem has infinite ways. Does that happen? So, that's 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 so the question is like this. A $10,000 bonus would be very generous, but that wouldn't create a shirus. So I'm, I'm, just, I'm just putting it out there as a question. However, let's say a person is mishtadel, and he does have different things that he's invested in and different real estate in Yonim, or he actually, you know, he has a business. You could argue the less of a open miracle it needs to be, then the more of a kli I'm creating to receive that ashirus. Yesh lishol. One could ask the question, Is it really appropriate to do a mitzvah in order to become wealthy? So he says, what's his answer? Yeah, that's what the Gemara says. Now, Lemaisa, Ramosha in a few places, Ramosha Feinstein, he does spell out something that Chaim Perlstein mentioned last week. Obviously, if someone's asking, what's the ideal mindset that I should be giving tzedakah and miser with? It's not to test Hashem. I'm allowed to test Hashem, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu will come through, but the ideal mindset is I'm giving you tzedakah for what reason? because I want to help you, right? Because I care about you and I love you. That's the ideal mindset. <clears throat> Are there other ways, other avenues of ashirus besides giving miser? Just a parenthetical. I'm sure there are, yes. So there's a Gemara in Shabbos, in Davkuf Yotas, that the Gemara has a question, ashirim sheba'aretz, sheba'aretz Yisrael, b'mahein zochen. 
how are all these wealthy people in Eretz Yisrael, where did they get their, their Rashiras from? The response of the Gemara is, Bishvil Shema Asrin, because they give Meiser. Then the Gemara has a question, okay. Shebebovil b'mahein zochin. Those wealthy people living in Bovil, what's their schus? So why can't the Gemara answer the same thing? They also give Meiser. Okay, now we did say, according to Chafetz Chaim, giving Meiser Ksofim, you're also going to receive the Shirus. So it's a good question. Why didn't the Gemara just say that? Maybe it's before Tzedakah, maybe it's before the, the Minig. But the Gemara does say, those who are wealthy in Bovel, Bishvil Shem Machabdin Es HaTorah. Right, because they give honor to the Torah. What does that mean to give honor to the Torah? The Mepharshim explain, not just standing up for the Sefer Torah when it's taken out of the Aron, but to be Mechabed, Talmid Chachamim. And third, Ubishar Ratzos, B'mahein Zochen. How about in other lands besides Bavel? The assumption is that in Bavel, where you have Rov Chachme Yisrael at the time, the vast majority of the Torah scholars, it makes sense. Everyone has an opportunity to give honor to those people who are, who are masters of Torah. But if you're living somewhere in North Africa or in Spain before the real Jewish communities were established, you might not have those Talmud Chachamim around. So how do those Ashirim get their wealth? Because they give honor to Shabbos. They're Mechabed the Shabbos. So just parenthetically, there are other ways of, of achieving wealth, namely... By giving kavod haTorah and by being mechabed Shabbos, how are these things different than the the promise of Ashiras we find by Meiser? By Meiser, it sounds like we have a special haftacha that you know, right exactly you're allowed to test Hashem by Meiser and it's guaranteed. Right? The other ways very likely are not guaranteed. It's a segula. It's a it's a hishtablus. If you're machabe Torah, you're machabe Shabbos, that could bring to a shiris, but it doesn't have that same direct impact like giving Meiser. We can't infer from this Gemara that the Meiser Haftacha only works in Eretz Yisrael? Oh. So that's a good question. Now, why would that be true? So if you say, and this is actually a Pischei Tshuva we didn't see together, but the Pischei Tshuva wants to suggest that the reason why the Shulchan Aruch never mentions the promise of wealth is because the Shulchan Aruch assumed that's only when you're living in Eretz Yisrael and you're giving Meiser from your field. Now, the conclusion of the poskim is not like that, Baruch Hashem. <laughs> However, this Gemara would be a nice raya to that opinion in the Shulchan Aruch, right? How would we learn it? So it could be that maybe at this time in history, this minig of giving Meiser Ksofim was not yet as well established. Maybe. But here's the question, though, getting into more of a Hashkafic issue. Right? We've spent most of our shirim seeing the poskim and seeing a lot of the nuances and the machlokasin. Comes along the Matim Moshe and asks as follows. If a person might be bothered after going through this sugya, and he would say... And I promised I'll become wealthy. Right? 
But if I look around the world, and I do find that I know people who are really makbid to give miser, but yet they're not like swimming in cash. How do we explain that? <coughs> that was the question I think that Rabbi Yaakov was asking, right, the first year. How do you know? I, I don't know. How did, how the Mata is asking the question. But how do you know just because, I mean, whatever the situation is, most people nowadays, at least from what I'm, don't, don't show off what they have in their bank account. You, know, you don't have anybody walking over to you and say, here, look what I have, this, this is what I have in my bank account. So how do you know that the person's not swimming? The person could be swimming, you don't even know. I mean, Gershon's asking, maybe, maybe the premise, what was that? What was that? They can find in the rabbi. The rabbi does. <laughs> That's right. What's that? So that might be true as well. We know that too much wealth is a, is, a, is a test. However, if someone's asking the question, let's say I have a few good friends, I have family members, and we're very open with each other, and we share all of our accounting, and I see that you're giving 10%, but yet you're not wealthy. How do I explain that? Okay, so let, let's take a look at the Orcha Shulchan. Huh? <laughs> Take a look at the Archa Shulchan. This is the top of page seven. Vahanosein Sadaka Kaviyachal Nasa Loa Kadish Baruchu Kalova. We saw this Pasuk quoted in the Sefer Achinuch. One who gives Sadaka, it's as if he's lending money to Hashem. Malva Hashem Chonein Dal. Kaviyachal Evid Loive Leish Malva. And therefore, in a sense, Hashem is becoming Meshubid to you. He's responsible to give you back the money. Furthermore, writes the Orach HaShulchan, giving even a little bit of money to someone in need, you will receive seven blessings. In Yanei Diyoma. Oh. Plus Vahagofen. Thank you. <laughs> you always have to have a right-hand man like Rabbi Wilkatch, you know? The Gemara. That's what I was referring to. And if you don't only give money, but you're also there to comfort him, then you'll be blessed with 11 brachos. The Dorish Lomikran has a drasha to this effect. Anyone who doesn't just give casually, it's not just a recreationally, but I, I pursue opportunities of tzedakah. And those who are actually living and breathing with this mantra of, I want to give miser, I know that I'll be blessed through giving it, and I, therefore I'm not going to hold myself back from helping a, as many people as I possibly can. Those are rodef achert tzedakah. If you're pursuing and you view it mamish like an investment, the same way I'm, I'm aggressive and I'm, you know, I, I, I'm curious and I hack regarding any investment I might put a lot of money into, that's the way I view tzedakah as well. This is an investment. HaKadosh Baruch Hu Mamtsi Lo Mos. Where to give it to? What, what the best return on my money would be. Right? It's the same thing for, for any business. Not only if I'm rodef achert tzedakah, will Hashem bless me with parnasa. I'll also have the Siyat HaDishmaya 
of being presented with tzedakah opportunities that are of the highest caliber. And this is likely based on the idea of right? if I have a real ratzo to be makayim any mitzvah, then I have siyata deshmaya in doing that mitzvah well. Um, let's jump down to the second paragraph now. Right? So he has a lot of good things to say about tzedakah. V'lo yomer ha'odam. One should not allow himself to say, how can I give my money away? I want to help people, but then I'm going to be diminishing my own. I have to remind myself, the money I have is not mine. Everything that I have, when it comes to my, my financial stability, when it comes to any particular talents or kochos, these are all given to me as a pikadon, they're on loan, and I should utilize them to do the will of, of HaKadosh Baruch who gave them to me. And this is how to maximize your money. Maximizing your money means I understand that it's not mine, and therefore all I'm thinking about is how can I fulfill the will of Hashem through the money which I have. Then he says... It has been tried and tested. Not only will I not lose with the money that I'm giving, but to the contrary, that when I'm Rodev Acher Tzedakah, I'll be Zoha to Osher Vechavod. And he quotes this Gemara, the Pasuk that we brought in Tainus, Hashem says, test me, and I'll show you, I'll give you bracha ad blidai. Now parenthetically, why does it say osher v'chavod? You're promising me wealth, so that, even though it could be a challenge, and that could lead to, to sin, but it could also lead to amazing things as well. So promise me Osher, but where do we find the promise of Kavod, and why do I want Kavod? Why is that a good thing? I mean, we all want Kavod, <laughs> but like, right? So where do we find Hashem promising anybody Kavod? Huh? Okay, okay, the, the, the Mishnah and Avos, right? But Reach Mina Kavod, are you okay? But where do we find in Chumash, HaKadosh Baruch Hu promising someone some level of kavod. Someone who we would assume didn't really care about kavod. Avram Avinu v'agad l'shemecha. Right? Lech lecha. And explains Rashi, although you're concerned that it might have an impact on having children. And it might have an impact on your parnasa by traveling. And it might have an impact on your your shame, your reputation, don't worry, I'm going to be there for you with all three. You'll be Zoha, right, to have children, you'll be Zoha to have a shirus, he was an usher muflog of Ramavinu, and you'll be Zoha that even though you're traveling and you're nomadic, you'll still have a shame, you'll have reputation. So why did Avraham Avinu care about having a reputation? Huh? <clears throat> because he knows that on YouTube you could only start getting paid once you have more than X amount of viewers, right? And subscribers. No, so it was LMI what? <laughs> uh, yeah, because he cared about 
he cared about people, and you have to have a shame tov. So I assume that's the notion here, that kavod is not the unhealthy kavod where now I could feel really good about myself and think that I'm better than you, but kavod meaning you'll have a shame tov to be able to be makai more of that ratzon of giving tzedakah and being there to help those in need. <coughs> Fine. V'yesh omrim, Shulchan Aruch quotes the opinion that we saw, Dezehu rak b'maiser v'lo b'tzedakah. Some are of the opinion that this promise only applies to Meiser, not Tzedakah, because that's what the Pasuk is actually referring to. V'ein tam nochol mechalek b'zeh. But says the Orach HaShulchan, I don't feel there's any good reason to make that distinction. And that we noted was the conclusion of the Ramah as well. If there's a Haftacha by Meiser, it applies to a Shir, by, by, by Tzedakah as well. V'yesh misha omer od, d'raka Meiser tevuakoi. And some suggest, this is the Pischei Tshuva we mentioned, that maybe the promise is only by giving a tenth of your field. Says the Orach HaShulchan, V'gam zehu dafka, im nosein bishvil ashiruz dafka. That some also make another caveat, that maybe you'll only get a shirus if you're giving it for that purpose. Paskins the Orach HaShulchan, L'niaz daiti ein shum svara l'chalek b'chol elu. I don't hear any reason to make any distinctions regarding tzedakah versus meiser, regarding only tevua sadcha, or your intention of becoming wealthy. Doesn't make a difference. You give meiser, you give tzedakah, you're rodev acher tzedakah, you have a haftacha, you have this promise of a shirus. V'gam ha'chush meyed mikama ashirim, and experience shows from many, many wealthy people, shekol nim yoser, that the more they give, the more generous they are, the more they're able to combat that, that voice within them of eich echzer mamoni litnam laniim misashrim yoser. We see that they become more wealthy. So he's saying in this paragraph, right, really in two places, he says, first of all, that it's boduk umanusa. It's been tried and tested. And hachushmeid, experience shows that many wealthy people who give meiser, they become more wealthy. Now even though you might have a situation where that wealth is lost, zehu me nistaros tovasam hi, that is under the category of the nistaros, of the hidden aspects of how Hashem runs the world. Bevadai tovasim hi, obviously we believe that Kodesh Baruch Hu is orchestrating everything <coughs> for our benefit. But this is not the normal course of events. So how is the Orach HaShulchan answering this question of the Mata Moshe? Matamosha was saying, ah, you might meet people or know people that give meiser and they're not mamish rolling in the dough. What's the answer to that question? I think he would say more than we don't know. I think he would say, similar to Gershon, first of all, the vast majority of people who do this, right, they do experience a shirus. The mute, the minority, where they might be Makbed and Meiser, and for some reason, it doesn't bring massive wealth. 
there's a fundamental difference though between his answer and his question. How so? In his answer, oh. he's asking about people. We don't see right. that they ever get anything. In the answer, he says, <sighs> They for sure became wealthy at one point, but uh, then they lost Ashiris. Rabbi a question like that comes from a Siata Deshmaya, right? That's a great question. The Orcha Shulchan seems to be assuming that Avada, you give Meiser, that always brings a Shirus. Elamai, you have a Kasha that sometimes you see that it's wasted, it's spent on other things. But the, 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 the premise of the Orach HaShulchan seems to be, it will for sure come. Okay. It's a good, a good Ha'orah. Yes. Here's where we get even more into the Hashkafa mode. Right? The more we use our thumbs in hacking out the sugya, potentially the less effective it is in our own ability to give berevach. B'li cheshboinais. What do I mean by that? I generally, Jewish scholarship is always very keen on knowing all the different opinions and what the machlokasin are and what the, the kernel of that debate may be. There's one area of life, though, where even though we're encouraged to learn and explore everything, when it comes to maisa, when not maiser, but maise, right? when it comes to how we behave, Sometimes almost putting aside all of the, the complicated cheshbonos of the sugya and having more of a, a simplistic approach can be beneficial. So I'll share with you a beautiful piece from Rav Chaim Shmulevitz, a Mesora that he was makabel from his Rebbe. Who was the great Rebbe of Rav Chaim Shmulevitz and also his father-in-law? Rebbe Lazer Yudel Finkel, Zecher Tzadik V'Kodesh Levracha. Kabalti mipi mori verebizal shalola daber beindian habitachon devarim amukim. The Masora I have for my Rebbe is that when it comes to discussing bitachon, one should not speak about all of the in depth, complicated, or somewhat convoluted um, issues that arise. Ki elu lo yo ilu because they don't help. Ela devarim shutim bilvad. When it comes to inspiring people in the realm of bitachon, we need devarim shutim, straightforward, simple, passionate Torah. B'mokum acher hevano es hamaisa ba'alshech. In a different shmuz, says Rebchaim Velazhin, says Rebchaim Shmulevitz rather, I quoted the, the story with the alshech. What happened? That there was one day he was darshaning in the base madrash, and he was telling his chassidim, his, his talmidim, <coughs> A person who has real bitachin in the Kodesh Baruch Hu, you don't have to do any hishtadlos. And this seems to be the sheet of the Ramban. Right? A person who mamish is a bal bitachon, you don't need any hishtadlos. What do you do? You sit in shul and you learn and you daven v'Hashem yazmin lo es parnasoso keroi and a Kodesh Baruch Hu will come through for you. That was the, the Musr Shmuz of the Alshech. V'hayisham balagola echad and there was a wagon driver sitting there in the back. Balagola was always the term of someone who was an ignoramus. Right? He wasn't Talmud Chacham. He didn't know any of the sugi of Bitachon. But he was, he was there drinking a coffee, 
hearing the shmuz of the Alshech. But when he heard those fiery words of the Alshech, and Mamish penetrated his heart, he took his wagon, he took his donkey, and he sold it. He made a few bucks on that. And then he spent the whole day in the base Knesset, he was saying to Hillam, he couldn't even learn, he wasn't a Lamdan, but he was just saying to Hillam all day, relying on the, on the haftach of the Alshech. And he was Zoha to wealth. The Talmidim of the Alshech were also following his advice. They came to the Rebbe and they had the following complaint. We also took your advice. And we left our Parnasa. And we were sitting here all day in the shul, learning Bahasmada and davening. And now we can't support our families. We're in dire straits. So why is this guy any better than we are? These words are only miskayim. They're sustained in someone who believes in them, kepshutam below shum mechkar without over-investigation or hacking too much. What a story. Why would that be true? That's a good question. <laughs> Why would that be true? Doesn't seem to fit with the way we generally learn Torah. Right? Don't think about it too much. Right? The machlokis, the machaber, why did the machaber leave that out? Maybe he held like this, maybe he held like that. The Ramah brings two opinions, the marshal, the marshal. Stop hacking. Just, just go with it. Give maizah revach, and it's all good. Who said he means that mechkarpopul? Maybe what he means by mechkarpopul is that you're constantly checking to see, did I get the money now? Do, do I have? Am I getting it? Meaning this guy sat down. And finished, and, and he had real bitachan, and then he ended up with the money. But meaning mechkarpul maybe means constantly checking, like, do I have enough money? Do I not do it? Am I so getting it? So that question was not based on siyata deshmaya. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what he means. Mechkarpul means that they were hacking in the lumdus of bitachon. The riot to that is, because it starts off by saying, the mesorah that I received from my Rebbe is that when I speak about bitachon, not to get involved with devarim amukim. And the pshat is because the Talmidim of the Alshech, they were getting involved with Devar Mamukim. What is Devar Mamukim? <coughs> was that your question? I'm just asking, what were they doing wrong? Were they sitting and learning that all day? So it sounds like they were, but a lot of it was trying to like explain and touch. Not that they were looking in their bank account every hour, right? Checking their phone. Any more cash in there? No. It was more that it became almost like a philosophical Indian of trying to understand and maybe bring Gemara's back and forth. And the Maisa, it's true, we have a Machlokish of Yishmol and Rabshim Bar Yochai and Harbei Osu will also be Yodim and I'm going to be like Rabshim Bar Yochai. Whatever the Hak was, it sounds like it was detrimental to that Pashtus, that simplicity of Bitachon. It's like that, the Rav mentioned there was a boy who went there to Israel and came back. It was it could be a similar thing. There, there, I think the Nakuda was is that when people bring up questions and then, and then their mashma, that the only answer to this question is this particular angle, and I might not fully appreciate it or even agree with it, 
then I'm left with the kasha with no terutz. Here it sounds like it's more, it's bedafka regarding bitachon. The more you get into it, not to say we shouldn't, right? We're learning shar bitachon on the Chavos Lavavos every night. And, and he explains what is bitachon, where and when it applies. We have to know these yesodos. But there is something about turning that off to some degree and just engaging in the maisa of pashtus with bitachon. Question? So, so we have to explain and define Pashtus. Pashtus here, right, doesn't mean that I'm naive. It means that I understand the basic Hashkafa Satorah and I'm going with it. Right? There, there is this idea of Bli Cheshbonos. I know HaKadosh Baruch wants me to give Meiser. I know Hashem wants me, He wants to use me as a vehicle to support most of Satorah. How do I know that? Because Baruch Hashem, I have a lot of money. And I know that money doesn't belong to me. So I know it's given to me for a purpose. What is that purpose? So I, I, I know what the answer to that question is. It's to, to give it to those who are in need, to build, right? That, that's why I have it. So LMI, I start asking kashas, if I give maestro like this and not like that, if it's not to this Mossad, but to that Mossad, you have to ask questions and do the, the investigations to make sure you're investing in the right place or in the right person. Right? That we don't go with pashtus. I just give money to whoever comes to you. You have to know that it's a good investment. But regarding this feeling of, of the haftacha, I think one could extrapolate from this hashkafa of Reb Chaim Shmulevitz that there is something powerful about going in with a sense of simplicity. I know Hashem wants me to do this, and I have bitachon, I'm not going to be losing out because of this, I'm going to be gaining because of this. And I do it. Bli bonos. Well, let's finish off here the last paragraph. Kvar him shel chafetz chaim zal es adam hatorach v'amol leparnaso leparnasaso leadam shaya nosaya berecheves berecheves. The chafetz chaim gave a famous marshal of someone who is uh, overworking himself in his parnasa to someone who's traveling on the train, but he was running late and he was in a big rush. So what did he do? He started pushing. On the, on the walls of, of the part of the train that he was sitting in, trying to make it go faster. So, The same thing is true when it comes to Parnasso. We have to fully believe it's Hishtadlus. Now, it has to be real Hishtadlus. That's what the Panina Halacha was saying, right? 
That it's not just I'm being misrational and I'm not thinking, I'm strategizing, I'm hacking, I'm, 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 I'm going through all of the technicalities of figuring out what the best investment is, but ultimately it's hishtandlus. Yes? Hundred percent. Now the truth is, it's a good thing Ari Roth is not here today, because he would push back on that. <laughs> However, all right, th- there is a there is a an essay from uh, from Rabbi Yoshev on the topic, and he does make that point. He says we believe in the pashat reading of the Gemara. You give my sir, that brings a shirus, and we don't dre it that it just means semech bechelko. However, we don't ignore the Mishnah either. The Mishnah does say, that part of the Ashirus, it's not limited to being happy with what you have. It's talking about getting an abundance of money, but part of that Ashirus, part of the Haftacha, is or can manifest itself in many different ways. It's not limited to monetary gain. And Rabbi Yoshev writes, it could be referring to issues in health, issues of, 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 of medical hacks. You know, or Agmas Nefesh, or Shalom Bayis. There could be many avenues where that Ashirus is, is, uh, is given. But many things that could cost us money that Hashem doesn't end up bringing upon us so that way we don't have to spend that money and then lose it. Exactly. And I think that's also what Archa Shochan was referring to. That, that Meiser brings Ashirus, sometimes it's Nevad. Nevad could mean the same thing as the question of the Matamosha, which is, I don't see it. Why don't I see it? Well, I have all these different expenses, so I'm not walking away with millions of dollars. But I think just as a conclusion to this part of the, of the sugya, guaranteed wealth, we saw the basic shitas, we paskin like the Chavetz Chaim and Ramosha, that giving Meiser Ksafim 10% of one's income, we do have this promise for a shirus. Does that actually happen? The Aruch HaShulchan tells us, yes, it does happen. And that is the norm, that's the rule, it's not the exception. Could you find an exception? The answer is yeah. We don't know all of the inner workings of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. But that's the exception to the rule. And we see from Rechaim Shmulevitz, I think this is an important takeaway as well, that when it comes to these in Yonim B'bitachon, coming in with a sense of Pashtus, I'm not irresponsible, I'm not reckless, but I don't have to be hacking out the whole sugya every time I give Meiser there is this real powerful idea of giving blichesh bonos and understanding and relying on a Kaddish Baruch Hu, he'll come through for me. What I want to do is like this. Let's conclude it here. I'd like to continue the general topic of Meiser, getting into more practical halakhala Meiser applications. Uh, tuition or uh, expenses in general, babysitting, all of these things. So if I could ask any particular questions that seem relevant and pressing, if you could email me, right, or just uh, send me either a text or even talk to me in person, that also works, so we can make a list of things to discuss, because there are so many halachos that are nogeel and every single day of our life, and uh, that's going to be the next stage of this sugya, Be'ezrus Hashem. Shkoyach.